If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This meeting is being recorded. Hello and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Jim R. Today's episode 124, and we're interviewing Erica C. How are you doing this morning, Erica? I'm doing better than I was yesterday. Yes, and that's always a good thing. That's always a good thing. We're just talking about that. So let's get started here and dive in. Tell me about growing up. How was your childhood? Well, I had a very, uh, I guess what you would say, a lot of experiences with drugs and alcohol. Both of my parents were addicts, alcoholics. Um, I started drinking about the age of seven. Oh my goodness. And I feel like every time I talk to someone, it gets lower and lower. I had someone tell me nine and then the last episode or the last two episodes, they said eight, seven is very young. Very young. Yes. What was and the first was thing you tried? Smoking marijuana. Oh, smoking marijuana. And cigarettes. Um, what made I you would... do that so young? I seen my parents doing it. So I thought that's what you're supposed to do. So I would steal their stuff and try it out myself. And um, I was sexually abused by my step grandfather um, from the age seven to 12. And no one believed me. So I had a lot of, I'm, I'm doing a lot of inner child work right now and trying to release that. I'm in the process of writing a letter right now. So that's what I'm doing with myself right now. Um, and so then when it, I it's, was, it's a letter, it's a letter to your grandfather about what happened. Yes. Yes. Okay. I need to write a letter and tell him how it made me feel and, you know, all those things. And then I'm going to burn it. And that's going to be my closure. That's a great idea. Thank you. Thank you. Are you working with anybody on this? Do you have a sponsor or anything like that? Um, I'm actually working with a energy healer, which is a it's very spiritual. I'm a very spiritual person. Um, so I've been doing some Reiki treatments and crystal healings and things like that. Prayers and meditations. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, very big in meditation. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so that's what I'm doing now. But as far as my childhood goes, um, like I said, I was exposed to drug and, drugs and alcohol at a very young age. Um, my parents got a divorce when I was four and there's a moth flying around. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I was the sole caretaker of my younger brother because my mom was always drunk and at the bar. She left me alone with him the first time at five years old. And he was only 
not even quite a year old yet. My God, do and you remember it? Were you scared at the time? I do. I still remember it. And I would call my grandmother. She lived in East Wenatchee and we lived in Chelan, Washington. And um, I would call her on the phone and she would just talk to me the whole time my mom was gone. And if she needed to, she would drive to come pick us up. Um, you know, back when I grew up, we didn't have all the, the CPS and all that stuff. Parents got away with anything and everything. And I was one that tried to, I was the one that hid everything and made everything look perfect. So um, at 19, I had my own child. And I managed to stop drinking and using marijuana, but I still smoked cigarettes for about two years from the time I was, you know, pregnant until he was about two years old, I managed to not use at all. And my stepfather passed away during that time. My son was only four months old when he passed away. And my, my mom got really deep off into drinking even more heavily. Going back just a little bit real quick, as far as your childhood, how was your social life growing up? I didn't really have a social life. Um, we moved around a lot. So I bounced from different schools, different places. Um, but as far as a social life at school, I was always the one that would sit with the people that nobody wanted to sit with. I was the one that wanted to just make everyone happy. And I think that came from, I have a lot of compassion for anyone and everyone. Sorry, I get emotional. Um, I think that came from watching my mom and my dad and the things that they did and the things that I've seen and the things that they allowed to happen and allowed to happen to my little brother and just... I, I had a lot of compassion for him and I, I protected him with anything and everything that I had. And so I didn't really have a social life. My, my social life was, revolved around my family and um, their friends. I was 12 years old the first time my parents let me smoke cigarettes and marijuana and drink alcohol in front of them. I would sit at the table and play dominoes and drink MD 2020 with my dad thinking it's cool smoking joints. Um, and that's the way I grew up. Um, it was, my parents didn't care what I did as long as I did it in front of them. So I wasn't allowed to, you know, go out and get drunk on my own. I had to stay at home, which you don't know how bad I wish I could go back in time and, and change those things. But anyway, moving on, um, at 21, I started drinking really heavily again, and my son was about two years old. And I started 
going to jail and just ruining my life. And um, I happened to meet this guy and he changed my world for a while. We ended up having two children together. I stayed completely sober when I was with him. I didn't even smoke cigarettes. We were together almost seven years. And we had just had a, a baby. He was nine months old. And my husband got deported. They came to his job and took him from there. And that's when my whole world fell apart. I started using meth. Well, first I went to El Salvador and I stayed there for about six months with my two youngest children. And when I came back from there, I started hanging out with the wrong people drinking and the drinking turned into using meth. One time I tried it and I was addicted. Well, that started when I was 28. And when I was 32, I, I got clean from that. So I did meth for about four years. And let me tell you, in that four years, I accumulated, excuse me, 42 misdemeanors and 13 felonies. My goodness. Yeah. <clears throat> I went off the deep end. I lost my children. What kind of stuff were you doing? Oh, just all kinds of things. You know, malicious mischief, um, assault, um, identity theft. I worked at a gas station and I was taking people's credit cards and using their numbers. And I would, um, when people would come pay for cash, I would just use someone's credit card number and keep the cash and just use someone's credit card to pay for it. It, it was, you know, what you do when you do math, I guess. Um, so anyways, after four years of that and losing my children, I knew there was a better life. And I managed to stay sober from 2004 until, or sorry, I got clean in 2007 from meth. And then in 2009, I was having some medical problems. So I started seeing a doctor. Well, little did I know, was that going to lead me into a 15-year pain pill addiction? And I'm still sitting here today on Suboxone. So I started taking Suboxone in September of 2020. And they started me out on one strip, which is eight milligrams. And 
the next week they had me come into the office and they upped the dose to two strips, which is 16 milligrams. Okay. Um, within a month, I couldn't eat. My hair was falling out. I couldn't breathe. I had all these issues going on, like pages and pages and pages. And I'm going back and forth to my primary care physician and the Suboxone doctor. And they're, they're both telling me that none of this is side effects from Suboxone. Talk to your family physician or talk to your Suboxone doctor. And so I'm just doing this back and forth for like six months. And... Mind you, all the all the time, I'm not, I haven't ate nothing for almost a year, except for a smoothie a day. I, I, co I couldn't even eat. So, um, my dog got really sick, and she ended up having to have emergency surgery. And that day that I had went to the vet, I hadn't taken my Suboxone yet. And... All these things are going on with my dog. She, she um, had um, pyro, pyrometra. It's a disease of the uterus anyway. Um, female dogs get it if they're not spayed and they don't have puppies. I didn't know that. So anyway, $3,000 later, we got her fixed. And she, thank the Lord, she's sitting next to me today. But that day at the vet... I noticed that I could breathe and I wasn't having overwhelming anxiety, like just these crazy intrusive thoughts. I could actually focus. And I'm the first thing that popped in my head is you haven't taken that stupid suboxone to me. So I get home and you know, I'm, I'm withdrawing. And I put one strip underneath my tongue. And as soon as it melted, I started feeling that heaviness in my chest and just all these crazy thoughts. And I'm sitting here thinking I'm going crazy for months. And the doctors are just telling me I need to talk to this person or talk to this person or go to mental health. All the while, it's just suboxone. So anyways, from that moment, I started tapering. And so since October of 2021, I've went from 16 milligrams and I'm down to a half a milligram right now. That's great. <clears throat> Sorry? I said that's great. Thank you. Thank you. And I've done this all on my own. The doctors, they, they don't want to help you. They, they just want to tell you to go to mental health. And like I said, I've dealt with addiction and alcoholism my, my whole life. And I knew that I wanted to be clean and sober. That's why I started taking the Suboxone. And... I have three grandbabies that are my whole life. 
and they deserve a sober, happy grandmother. And I had already quit drinking before I even went to the Suboxone doctor. I haven't drank in almost three years now. So I had my appointment with the Suboxone doctor here last week. And I decided not to go. They, they don't try to help me with anything. I, I try to ask them questions on how to taper, what to do. I've done all the research on my own. Me and God have worked this out. And thankfully, I'm going to spend one more week at the half a milligram. And then I'm not going to take any. And then the next problem that I got to deal with is the gabapentin that the doctors give me that I've been taking for almost 15 years. What's they did the have me at like... What's the problem with that? I only asked because I'm actually on gabapentin. So what's the problem with it? It just wreaks havoc on your body. So bad. So bad. Um, I haven't... I've been lucky, I guess. I haven't had any side effects. How, how long have you been taking it? Um... Two years, approximately, a little over two years. Okay. See, I didn't start noticing anything really until about like the seventh or eighth year after of taking it. Okay. Because um, I and... actually, I consider that one of the lifesavers. Once I started taking gabapentin, it really helped me mentally because I'm bipolar and I have some other mental health issues. So that really helped me. Yes, I have anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, and I also think I have ADHD, but nobody wants to listen. So um, the gabapentin, it does help with my anxiety, but it is messing with my body. It's messing with my kidneys. Um, and I've tried to just stop taking it, and it's like you're in a sauna the withdrawals are so bad. It's, it's horrible. And I only, I'm, well, I take a six, one 600 milligram in the morning and one 600 milligram at night. But before I was taking two 600 milligrams three times a day. So I've managed to get myself down to just the one in the morning and one at night. Um, my main goal is to just stop taking everything. Um, I, I feel like, um, doctors are a big part of the problem. Um, they don't look at people's history. They just want to give you whatever and tell you to go take this. So anyway, on my journey of trying to get help with, stopping the suboxone um i asked for a new doctor also well then um i did get a new doctor but they placed me with the doctor that started the pain contract with me sorry my nose keeps running in 2009 that led me to the pain pill addiction so i wasn't happy with that so I did end up getting a new doctor, which I'm happy with now. Um, Real quick, 
going back to when you first started using painkillers, what was what was it like in the beginning? Were they helping you? So I went in because I had a lot of dental issues that I needed fixed. Um, and I have a lot of neck issues. Um, and so that's what she gave me the, she started me on Vicodin. Um, in the beginning, they did help me a little bit. Um, but as time went on, it only took me like three or four months to fall back into taking the whole bottle within a week, you know? Um, and I've, I've managed to, to stop here and there throughout the years since 2009. <laughs> The longest time I had clean was three years and I went to beauty school and got my cosmetologist license. Was there a reason you quit for those three years? Did anything in your life happen that helped? My oldest son came back to live with me and I wanted to be a good role model. And even though I had a doctor's prescription for all these pills, I mean, I was on Vicodin, Valium, all, all kinds of stuff, okay? Um, I wasn't myself. I was numb. It numbs you. And I wanted to be present for my son. And so I decided to quit taking it. And I wanted to do something with my life. So I went to beauty school. I accomplished all those things. I can accomplish so much when I put my mind to it. But the drugs and the alcohol have really blocked me from all the things that I could be doing in life right now. And I, I sit and dwell on that and beat myself up constantly. I'm my biggest critic. And... When my first granddaughter was born, sorry, we'll go back to when I quit for beauty school and then I started up again. So what made me start again is um, I got injured on the job. I had a torn rotor cuff and they gave me pain pills, got me going again. Then my mom passed away and then I started drinking again and doing pills and I was just a mess just a, a lost lost soul and I was sitting here one day and I had a full bottle of Vicodin and I was not in a good place and I poured them all out in my hand and I was going to take them. And something said to me, don't, just don't. 
And like I said, I'm a very spiritual person. And when I'm on drugs and alcohol, my intuition gets off. And so anyway, I ran into the bathroom and I poured them all down the toilet and I flushed the toilet. And that's when I got on the computer and looked for a Suboxone doctor. And I thought that my life was going to get better. Well, little did I know that that Suboxone led me on another year's journey. It, it made me so numb. I ignored everyone around me. I just sat here month after month. Just sitting here scrolling on my phone. Just don't talk to nobody. The only place I would go is if I was going to steal something. Which is not me. Like it has changed me so much. Into somebody I don't want to be. And that's my main goal for getting off of it. Like it. It makes you into somebody that you're not. The same as the drugs. It's just another drug. That's all it is. And my goal was to stop using drugs, not put more into my body. So I'm just thankful to be where I'm at today. You know, I'm not 100%, but I'm damn sure almost there. And I'm going to get there. And... I had to go deep inside of me and figure out what kept leading me back. What kept leading me back, leading me back. Why do I keep wanting, why do I just want to keep getting drunk? Why do I want to keep getting high? What's the point of it? Like, I know where it leads you, either jail or or a grave. And I'm almost 50 years old. I have a beautiful life today. I have a husband that loves me very much and takes care of me. I have three beautiful adult children, three beautiful granddaughters. I have everything in the world. But somehow I just wasn't happy with that. But it wasn't it wasn't that I wasn't happy with that. I wasn't happy with myself. So that's what led me to search and find what I needed to heal. And that's where I came up with the, the sexual abuse that happened when I was younger. I never processed it. I never, no one ever believed me. No one ever wanted to listen to me. And now I have a chance for my voice to be heard. Even if it's just writing a letter and burning it, I'm going to write it read it out loud, and then burn it. That's my closure. And hopefully, that's going to lead me in the right direction. <clears throat> I, I've got, sorry, I've got, you know, all this, all these tools and all this good things to look forward to in life and you know there's 
there's got to be someone else out there that feels like that. You know, you just sit here and we suffer in silence, suffer in silence. And we got to figure out what's wrong, what's making us angry, what's making us want to use. That's the only and true you. I mean, that's the only way you can really be you is with, if you find out what's causing you to want to use and and get drunk. And Yeah, I get down to the root cause. Yeah. Yes. 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 Sorry, I'm still. I have all these things I want to say, and like I said, this this suboxone, even at just a half a milligram, still clouds my mind. Like, I'm I'm a talker, I'm a communicator, and it feels like I just can't come up with the right words, and I'll be so happy when it's just gone out of my body i'm i'm so scared for the for the kids and people that use in the world these days like it's so scary like when i was younger it wasn't like this there's there's so much hate in this world the the drugs are like a hundred times stronger than that just one wrong thing and your your life is over like is it really worth it no no, it's not. It's not worth it. Even if you think you don't have anything to live for, you have something to live for. We're all here for a reason. And when you find that reason that you're here, you find your true meaning of why you're here, that's when you find your happiness. And, you know, I'm... I'm open to helping anyone, talking with anyone. Um, I have notebooks and notebooks of research and just things that I've wrote and everything to help bring you out of the darkness. If anyone can come out of the darkness, I mean, 47 years almost of drinking and using drugs. If I can do it, we got this. We got this, you guys. We got this. So I just want to be inspiration to someone. I wanna I wanna help someone. I just wanna I just wanna heal people. Make them happy again. Well, for us, that's our 10th step. And for AA and NA, that's their 12th step, which is giving back and helping other people. Yes. Because that's That's important. For some reason, that keeps us sober. It does. It just, it's like instant gratification. If I can help bring a smile to someone's face and help them out of what they're in. It's like the best. I think that's why I became a hairstylist too, because you know, hair is like a woman's pride and joy. And when you get done doing someone's hair and you turn them around to look in that mirror and you see that smile on their face, like it's it's so heartwarming. Like so I'm just here to heal the world and make everybody beautiful. That's what I want to do. 
<laughs> That's great. That's really amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So my last question to you is, do you have any advice for people watching and listening? Think twice before you put any, anything in your body, anything, including from a doctor, research it, look it up. Just be mindful, be mindful of even foods, anything, anything that you're putting in your body. Be mindful, please. That's pretty much it. That's some great advice, and I, I appreciate that. And I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. So let me ask you, how are you feeling? Did you enjoy it? I did. Thank you so much. I, I released a lot. I thank you for having me. I, I'm very grateful for this experience. Thank you. Awesome. I love hearing that. All right. So let's wrap this up for everybody watching and listening. If you like what you saw and heard, please go below and give us a like. Also subscribe so you'll see when we upload new videos. You can check Addicts Anonymous out on Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. We also have our website, www.addicts-anonymous.com. There you can find a lot of resources as well as a lot of our approved literature. Um, so those are another source uh, for resources as well. So that's all we have for today. And until next time.